York City. What's good? This is the Leaders Create Leaders podcast. Your blueprint on how to build a brand, lead a movement, and create a profitable, impact-driven business. On this podcast, we'll dive into my personal stories building two eight-figure businesses and my evolution turning heart-led leaders into conscious millionaires. I'm your host, Gerard Adams. Let's go. Welcome back to the Leaders Create Leaders podcast. I'm your host, Gerard Adams, and I am excited about today's show because we have an extremely special guest, someone near and dear to my heart who has created massive healing, not only for me in working with her in her modality and her business called Shamangelic Healing, which was one of the most remarkable transformational breathwork classes that I have ever been a part of at Fit for Service at my brother Aubie Marcus's summit. It just created so much healing for me, but for literally so many leaders all over the planet. She is so devoted to supporting these pillars, these conscious leaders that are out there serving, and, and I'm one of them. And so it is my pleasure to welcome everybody to get ready to hear an unbelievable podcast with the one and only Anahata Ananda. Thank you so much, Anahata. You're so sweet. I just love it. And thank you for that sweet introduction. Yes, we met here in Sedona just last year, I guess it was. And yeah, with the deep dive of shamanjelic breathwork and clearing out the density, opening the heart, make way for the light and the soul mission and the purpose to shine through. And that's one of the things that you do in your work. So I love the synergy that we have between our whole dear brother. It's juicy. (laughs) So juicy. Everyone make sure to also check out Anahata's podcast. Uh, We'll put it in the description. Uh, it, It was, we also did another show that was phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal in such flow. So it's so cool to now collaborate with you on this show and just dive into you as the the healer that you are, the mystic that you are, the leader that you are, um, the goddess that you are. I mean, you really have all the archetypes and you're just someone that I I've, I really admire for the amount of different modalities, uh, the diversity in which you you teach. You have so many different tools, inner child healing practices to understanding. One thing that I really want to talk about on the show today is the the different polarities and energies of the masculine and the feminine, because so many of the leaders that I work with are at that stage where they are learning to master both of those energies in their business. Some of the women that are now tapping into even more of the feminine because they've been so in their masculine and, and then some of the women that are actually also stepping into having a little bit more of that structure in, in their masculine and a little bit more of that courageous action. In the, and so I want to talk about that. And then a lot of men who have been super hustle and grind, and I was one of them, and that are now tapping more into these healthier energies that are allowing them to tap into the visionaries that they are from the feminine side. And I want to talk about all the goodness there. I want to talk about conscious leadership on the show. I want to talk and just see what comes through. And so first and foremost, uh, Anahata, I want to just tap into like, what is potent for you right now at this time in, for this generation coming out of 2020, you know, we're now kind of at this mid-year mark in 2021 what have you seen that from your own perception of like what the world is going through currently right now and, and seeing so much that's coming to the surface for, for humanity, um, what are you seeing right now as being the, the number one catalyst that we can 
all look forward to that is causing right now the future of, of a healthy planet, of a healthy world, and for future generations currently right now? Great question. I think that what is being amplified and accelerated is anything that's not in internal alignment, whether that is relationships or a substance or a, a tribe, a limiting belief, uh, a health habit, or a career, anything that's not in internal alignment is being radically amplified. It's pain, it's discomfort, is, is that is definitely an accelerator. And Corona, the, that whole Corona virus is, Corona means crown, and it's activating our crown to be in our higher purpose in divine alignment, not ego alignment, not greed alignment, not, well, this is what I've always done alignment because we outgrow things. So it feels like across the board, personally, health-wise, relationships, career, money, lifestyle, anything that is not in internal alignment is radically coming to the surface in painful, uncomfortable ways to get our attention to show us that this doesn't fit any longer. Maybe it was never in alignment or it has served its purpose. It's gone through its life cycle and it's no longer aligned with who you're becoming. And so I see a lot of of clients coming to me with a lot of relationship conflict because the way they've been relating in their relationship or if they've been playing small or something isn't in integrity or it was built already on a foundation that wasn't in integrity, then uh, that's coming to the surface. There isn't anything we can hide from right now. Like that time of getting away with things or being addicted to substances or staying in an unconscious relationship or being in a career or a job that we absolutely loathe, it's no longer tolerable. And that's why there's been such an acceleration in depression and suicide and addiction, as well as awakening. You know, we're going to see the balance and the polarities that says when those things rise to the surface, since we have will, we can either say, fuck it. I'm not dealing with this and and check into our addictions and stay in our patterns. Or we can say, all right, I'm really ready to look at this. I'm ready to let go of this substance. I'm ready to let go of this career and do something that's more aligned. I'm ready to let go of the aspects of this relationship that are unhealthy or codependent and either evolve those things with, you know, evolve the career and, and, or let it go and shift into something else, like evolve certain things in our relationships or let it go and attract something else. And so radical discomfort, brother, as you know, with your clients too, and, and uh, you know, the people that you coach and teach, like things are getting shaken up and that's for our benefit. It's to show us the cracks in our foundation so that we can build something stronger to stand upon on this next chapter of our life, more in internal alignment. Mm, that's so good. And it, I, I feel that, like, I really feel that. I really see that's everything that's out of alignment on this planet. It's all coming to the surface. And, and for so many 
leaders that I see that are having, you know, really tough relationships and they're just, they're, they're feeling they're capped, they're burnt out, they're overwhelmed, they're depressed. It's like something is out of alignment. And so I want to ask you, because right now this frequency of avoidance has been really present in this last week. And I've been asking myself, Gerard, what am I avoiding right now? And so for my listeners, I want you to think about this question. Where in your life are you avoiding the hard thing? Are you avoiding what's, what's truly in integrity with your heart and what your purpose is? And is it in your relationships? Is it in your health? Is it in business? Like, what it, where, where is that misalignment? Where, and what are you avoiding? And in Anahata, like, what would you say is a way to actually become aware of those things that we are avoiding and then what are the the first steps that you can take when you're when you actually are real with yourself and and you're clear like okay i know for sure i have been avoiding actually putting myself first and going to the gym and you know or avoiding just that that the inner work and just staying in the grind staying in the hustle staying in the, the thing that's comfortable for me like what how do you actually start to to analyze that? And then what are the steps you should start taking in going after those things that, that are the uncomfortable, uncertain things that you're avoiding in your life? Yeah. I love that. The, I love the question. And when something is rising, like we're all getting triggered and whatever's not in alignment is rising to the surface. Now our human condition is like avoid, run, hide, sedate, blame or distract. So avoid is one of those that is resistant to the change, the surrender, the closing of the chapter of facing the truth, taking the action. And so this is where we get to recognize, okay, I'm avoiding, I'm running, hiding, blaming. Maybe it's not avoidance. Maybe it is. I'm sedating a lot. Maybe it's I'm distracting, you know, on the phone or I'm distracting with everybody else's business or like in a Netflix loop, whatever, you know, we all handle that where something's not in alignment and it's getting uncomfortable and it's starting to show it's, it, the, it's starting to show its face. It's starting to, we're starting to feel the ramifications of discomfort, pain, um, chaos, stress, maybe a physical ailment, maybe heartbreak. And so it's just all of those forms that I said, avoidance being one of those is resistance. I la 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 la, you know, like I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to face it. I don't want to change. I don't want to ask for help. I don't want to give up this thing. And so I think the most important thing to start with is to allow the feelings. Anxiety, chaos, numbing, like those are clues that something's not in alignment and to not judge it, but to just say, okay, this is happening. I'm resisting a thing. I'm numbing. I'm avoiding. I'm distracting. Okay. Name it without judgment, without you shouldn't be doing that, or you should be better than this, or you should be doing this faster is, is if we just meet it and name it and acknowledge, I don't want to deal with this. Okay. We start with that. Like you just learn how to hold space for our process. And then the second thing is get curious. Why do, why am I avoiding this? Why am I sedating? What fear is coming up? What worry is coming up? What pain is rising? So without judgment, again, with compassion and curiosity, get curious. Does this remind you of another thing? You're afraid a pattern is going to repeat. 
Are you afraid of your heart is going to get hurt? Are you afraid of change? Maybe losing money, maybe losing authority, maybe losing the love or support of somebody. What, like get curious about the why without judging it. Give permission. Just like, hey, I don't want to lose the money. Hey, I don't want to lose job security. I don't want to be alone. And get curious about that answer. So when the answer comes, get curious again. Okay, I don't want to be alone. Because what does alone feel like? What does alone remind you of? And we're going deep to understand what is the core essence? What is the subconscious belief? What is the ego that is trying to protect status quo and keeping things from changing? What is the vested interest of staying things the way they are? I'm afraid of losing. If I leave alcohol, then do I leave that whole group of buddies that I drink with on Friday night? You know, so getting really curious about what is this about? I think a lot of times it's hard for us to see. And that's why a lot of that's why a lot where a lot of my clients come knocking on the door because they're not able to see or they don't know how to provide that inquiry for themselves because we haven't been really raised to do this. And that's why walking through this process with you is are the steps getting still. And most of us don't want to be still because then the discomfort rises. That's why we avoid. That's why we sedate. And we're leaning into a different skill set, Gerard, of getting curious so we can look at what is the real issue because it's only going to repeat. It's only going to get louder. The pain is only going to get greater. And if we don't look at it now, then here comes a health crisis. Here comes, you know, a divorce. Here comes bankruptcy or being fired where we have to look at it. So I think it's important to have this skill set of awareness, compassion, and self-inquiry. And then when we start getting into that self-inquiry, you might need support, you might need a counselor, you might need a guide to help you navigate some of the territories that you may not be skilled at accessing, or there may be some core, core wounds from your childhood or from a trauma that hasn't yet healed that is overcompensating and protecting and and doesn't want to deal with it yet. That's important. It's going to take a lot of radical courage, inner child work and shadow work to be like, all right, it's time to get curious about this. It's time to go look at those things that I've been shoving under the carpet for decades that I can't avoid anymore. Yeah, I think that's just so powerful. And the stillness aspect, it's something that I still see with a lot of the clients that I work with they struggle with, you know, they just, they struggle with being still, even meditation. Some of my clients, they are so great at doing the work, going out and hustling, conquering all those goals. But when it comes to introspection and stillness, they almost feel like, well, maybe it's not for me. Meditation maybe isn't really for me, or, or it's something that like, getting still is just like checking a box and maybe they just, they th- think of it as a task rather than a lifestyle and really, and, and leveraging these tools. And then I just kind of recently, I was like looking up how meditation, how it's changed my life, but also scientifically it increases productivity by 120%. So I was like, literally how much is that worth for you and, and your and what you're creating and for your team and so I, i'm just curious for for a lot of the people that you work with is that something that you see that there's people struggling with and just being still and what would 
be one uh, piece of advice that you would give to someone who's listening to this right now that it, that does struggle from like quieting the mind and being still, how can they get started with that? Start slow with a journal. And I think some people don't yet know how to sit still and quiet and quiet the mind with the eyes closed. And so I would start with a journal exercise. What am I really feeling? You know, what am I avoiding? And start with, you know, learning how to engage your inner dialogue with what's happening. Okay, inner child, where do you feel alone, abandoned, you know, oppressed? Where are you angry? Where are you sad? And get in the practice of self-inquiry through journaling, because that might be an easier step than trying to access that through an inner conversation or quieting the mind. Start first with how do I do this from just a place of journaling and self-inquiry and not judging it, giving it just permission to express. And then learning how to just close the eyes and be with the feeling. And like, I'm going to be okay. I'm not going to die. I'm not going to be hurt here. The only thing that could possibly come up is the truth, the healing and clarity. So I'm going to live through this, you know, because sometimes if we haven't wrestled with the demons, Gerard, what happens when we close our eyes, the demons rise. And so that's one of the reasons why we keep our eyes open so that we can access anything to distract the thought of the fears, the anxiety, and the pain rising, that when we close our eyes to the external world, now we have access to the internal world. Mm. And that's where the demons are. That's where the dragons are. That's where the pain is. That's where the villain won. And so the inner child is afraid of the dark. We're afraid to look there. And maybe at seven, we didn't have the tools or the courage or the support. But now as an adult, we can acquire the courage. We can learn the tools, we can practice things that at eight or seven or 12 that we didn't have clear boundaries or a safe container, we can begin to reparent ourselves and create a safe container where the dark begins a place that we shine a light on. And that's where the illumination comes from. And um, you know what, we'll get, we'll do a guided uh, visualization. We'll do a, a free guided visualization for your lis- listeners. It's just we're talking about shadow work, right? Yeah, and yeah. the inner child that, you know, maybe is afraid of the bully in your life, whoever that is, whether that was at school or whether it was your dad or, you know, someone that was sexually inappropriate, whatever is we'll do a guided visualization, um, a free gift for your listeners, uh, yes. healing the inner child, because that seems to be where we're going right now. Amazing. I love it. Oh, I'm that so could be something that can help, you know, let's go in there and feel what's there. Yeah. Let's okay. begin so to create a relationship with that little boy, that little girl mm. whose feelings got hurt or wasn't able to express them themselves authentically, or if they did, they were bullied, they were oppressed, or it wasn't safe. Now yeah. we're going to learn how to reparent that little boy or that little girl and bring the feminine, the safe mother within ourselves, the feminine that is nurturing and kind and patient and and safe and the masculine that is courageous and the protector and says, okay, it's time. I'm going to hold this space so that we can go look at this and face our fears and not let them hold us back any longer. 
Powerful. I'm so excited. We'll definitely drop that in the description. Um, and uh, is there like, I guess we'll, we'll also announce at the end too, for, for all of the listeners to get that um, unbelievable. Vi- I'm so excited about the visualization. So thank you for the gift. And uh, so, you know, one of the things I want to honor you with is that you came into our mastermind and you gave one of the most remarkable workshops um, for CLM. And we talked about conscious leadership. And that's something that is really important to me in serving the leaders of this generation and helping them to really drop into what it means to be heart-led, to be purposeful, to, to build an impact-driven business. And you were so clear at helping us to discern the difference in, in this new evolution of what it means to be a leader today. And so I just wanted to touch on that for our listeners because everyone who, who's part of this community is tapping into that, is tapping into what it, for them, how do they step into being a better leader in their life, in their mission, in their business, in their family, in their relationships. And so if, how would you describe a conscious leader versus an unconscious leader? And why is that important in today's time? Well, there, clearly what is out there in leadership is falling short of leading people to the conscious truth, uniting, inspiring, inviting, you know, grassroots solutions to our community's challenges, whether that's in business, education, health reform, uh, environmental and, and nature, our relationship to Mother Earth, so that we can have a legacy for our children and our grandchildren and seven generations get to swim in oceans that we have the blessing that we we get to breathe fresh air let's not take these things for granted and the way leadership is guiding us right now is to not have a destiny seven seven generations out or not what not a quality of life that we would deem as joyful and spacious and healthy and thriving and so we get to stop this pattern and it's going to be conscious leaders that do that we're not going to be waiting a conscious leader just doesn't wait for the white house to solve all the problems conscious leaders say hey there's a gap i have a tool i have a resource i have an ability i have a connection i have an idea i have a product i have an experience i can i can build something i can serve in some way i can plant trees I have a, a gift or a skill to support conscious parenting. Whatever it is, each of us watching and listening has a gift, has a role to play. And, you know, in my you know, many years in, in study with Peruvian tra- traditions and the weavers of South America, you know, they weave these tapestries and the tapestries are stronger because each thread, one thread goes this way and one thread goes the other way. And it's stronger when we're weaving our skills together. We have people that are amazing at planting and farming. We have others that are phenomenal at healing. We have others that are, you know, amazing in their spiritual work or taking care of children or music, whatever it is, we each have a gift. And I think one of the things that separates unconscious leader is that the conscious leader is leading people in the right direction together stronger with a higher purpose to have impactful, sustainable solutions. Now, an unconscious leader is in the now. What is in it for me and my family and in this moment and doesn't have a care about the impact of seven generations out? It doesn't really prioritize 
well, if we win here, what is the cost to the next generation? Or what is the cost to the planet? Or what is the cost to the health of my team? And so it is a pivot in the success measures of what it is to be a leader and how we reward and build our leaders. And I think it's time for us to have different success measures and create a higher standard of integrity and impeccability to lead in this way that is from the heart and not from the ego. And otherwise we're signing our death warrant. I mean, we, you know, you and I are same, same on this. Let's just be honest. We're signing our death warrant if we don't step up and lead. Yeah, absolutely. I love that how you also just spoke about impeccability and integrity, because that's something that's just super present in my life. At this moment in my life, it's it's really tapping in. And is this an alignment? Is this an integrity to you know what I stand for and what my values are and what my mission is and my purpose and impeccability? I'm so glad you brought up that word because recently I've been just saying to myself, hey, like I get to be a champion. I get to be in my excellence and embody what it means to be impeccable with my word, with my actions, with who I am, who am I being in the doing and inspire my team. And that's something that I've been really, I just had a team retreat and it was like, hey, how are we all embodying what we stand for and what we're teaching and just helping everyone to level up in their conscious leaders hierarchy of needs. And we have these H5 pillars and I just was auditing them and their health and their harmony and their hustle and their happiness and their heart and just going through it and, and making sure that we are being impeccable in, in all of these areas, starting with us internally first before we, ex, you know, going external and going to our clients. And because if, if we're being it, then that automatically is going to make a direct impact in, in our community and attract what we want to see. And I see a lot of, you know, a lot of leaders that are talking a big game, they're out here talking the talk, and it's easy to have a million followers nowadays and have the influence and have the titles and, you know, have all the claims to fame, but are you really being, who are you being, right? And, I and I, at the very beginning of that alignment around ethics and integrity and authenticity. Mm, and yes, really, because yes, we can put a fake version of ourselves out there where we're living a lie then we're not going to be in internal alignment because we're in self-betrayal. And as soon as we're not honoring who we truly are or what is in our soul alignment, we're setting up for chaos. Like things will crumble in some way or another, whether that's our health, whether that's our emotional or mental wellness, financial, like something will begin to crumble because it's not built on a solid foundation. It isn't sustainable to be fake. It isn't sustainable to live a lie. Because the the disparity between the truth and where we are begins to create fissures. And so, absolutely. And I have a lot of clients that are coming to me of that. Like, hey, I've got success externally. I've reached the summit. But I don't love who I've become. And I want to move into this. But what will my followers think? Or I can't leave. That's off brand for me to start talking about talking about a different subject or to switch areas of, and it's not going to be in alignment with the message that I had before this. And it's like, we've got to have that freedom to always refine and continue to be internal alignment. And as we grow, that will change. And of course, so who I was five years ago, or even five minutes ago, may be radically irrelevant to who I'm becoming. And so then we get to face our attachments 
to who we were rather than allowing the internal alignment with who we're becoming, which is going to invite a lot of change and a lot of to let go of a substance, an identity, a monetary value or worth or the success of a business. As we allow ourselves to grow as a soul, what we created from might not align with who we're becoming. And that that takes a lot of courage and shadow work to recognize I've got to keep allowing myself to be reinvented and be fully transparent and authentic because yeah, if I am doing that, yes, I might create some haters out of that. There may be some followers that are like, who are you? You're changing. I don't know who you are. or How dare you like change trajectory? I'm not okay with that. And it's like, well, I'm not asking your permission if you're okay with my soul aligning with its purpose. And so there's got to be a freedom internally to keep becoming newer versions of ourselves. I love that. And so I want to touch on the unconscious side a little bit. Like, how do you know that you actually are an unconscious leader? Like, what are some of the signs that are coming up that you can say, okay, now I, I get it. I'm I'm not aligned. Can you give me some of those attributes, some of those, oh, yeah. some of those ways of being? And and we've all been there. Yeah. And oh, we yeah. all know these. And reality check, aspects of them are still working with me. Aspects of them are still working with you. And um, kind of like I did for your mastermind, I like to divide this into four quadrants, where on the left half is the feminine. And there's the unconscious kind of toxic feminine. And we're going to get to, we're going to get to that biatch in a second. And then, then there's the conscious yes. divine feminine and how she embodies things. Then on the right half is the masculine. And in the lower quadrant, we're looking at the toxic masculine, the unhealthy masculine. We're going to get to him in a second, that tyrant, that bully. And then we're going to look at you know, the healthy masculine, the healthy conscious masculine who leads from a place of consciousness. And so the unconscious, you know, Gerard in the feminine can look like depression, victim. It can look like insecurity, uh, gossip, um, kind of passive aggressive manipulation. She's cold. And I mean, when I say she, I mean the unhealthy feminine in men and women. You know, so that part of us that is playing small, that is the coward and fearful or seductive and manipulating, but you don't know it's happening. She's very passive aggression, like, well, she'll stab you in the back, but you don't know it's happening. Right. Deception and um, drama, a lot of chaos using guilt and shame to manipulate. So. If you're feeling those kinds of things around insecurity, jealousy, and inauthenticity, and coldness, and shutdown, a lot of victim, a lot of drama, a lot of seduction, then that's the unhealthy feminine that is still working. And let's be honest, you know, like you were saying earlier about the conscious leader about, hey, are we embodying these five different qualities? And let's just be honest, most of what we were raised with isn't necessarily divine, conscious, feminine, and masculine. A lot of what we were raised with, and let's be honest, rewarded and reinforced is the unhealthy feminine and the unhealthy masculine. So we may have some patterns and habits that were modeled 
practiced over and over again and reinforced by society that are working in our unconscious feminine or masculine side. So let's go over to the unhealthy um, masculine. He's the bully, arrogant, controlling, manipulating, competitive, and uh, he doesn't care about the impact. So that's kind of, I win, you lose, and I don't give a shit. And so there really isn't any ethics. He can be the liar. He can be um, the manipulator from that place, the narcissist. Absolutely. And we're going to see a lot of addiction patterns here. So we're going to see a lot of addictions because there's an oppression of the emotions. And the thing is, is that the conscious feminine, one of her power moves is to be sensitive and to be aware of the emotional body and to not oppress it. And so the toxic masculine does not like that at all. And so he's very oppressive to those feelings because they feel out of control. When we're oppressing our feelings, we're going to have to numb. So we're going to have alcoholism here. We're going to have addiction here. We're going to have pornography here. We're going to have greed for sure. And uh, power, like any way that this person can overpower someone else. Whereas the toxic feminine behind your back, she's going to steal, you know, and and undermine you Um, or guilt and shame manipulate. You don't know what's happening. The toxic masculine, he'll do it right to your face and he doesn't care, you know, like he's, you know, like, yep, I took your company. I took your wife. uh, You know what? And I don't care. And so we're looking at where this might be happening in you or in me, any aspects of the unconscious masculine, the toxic masculine that is in fear, that is stifled, that is oppressive, that is controlling. And then like the unhealthy hustle, go, 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 do, 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 and isn't able to chill, you know, and the unhealthy feminine that is dramatic and chaotic and cold and, manipulative and seductive and drama and victim, like, where's that playing out somewhere in your life? What aspects? And we are going to, when we go back, when we travel it back, we're going to find some childhood patterns where, oh, well, my mom modeled that being the victim, my dad modeled being the bully, you know, or judgment or oppression was modeled and then reinforced. And so now we're realizing as we're grown adults, these patterns and beliefs and habits are in our conscious unconscious and we've been doing it for decades. So awareness, Gerard, is going to be pulling back and looking at where are there some unconscious patterns or beliefs that are in the toxic feminine or toxic masculine in nature and looking to evolve those to more mm, healthy. I love that. I love that so much. And yes, like you said in the beginning, it's like, I have been all of that. And I was like, go, 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 do, 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 you know, all the things and uh, betray and lie and freaking, you know, all of it. And, and yeah. on both sides, and also Indeed, being insecure addiction, and addiction, all the things. And uh, it, it took a lot of deep, deep introspection, a lot of deep work, and I'm still on that journey. And I want to just talk about the healthy side because it's a superpower. If you can learn to start to integrate both the conscious, healthy attributes and energies of the masculine and the feminine, 
in business, in your relationships, like you at that point uh, now can play a big game. And we're all here and my listeners, they want to play a big game. You are here to play a big game, make a massive impact, create a legacy that matters and, and have it all. And you get to have it all, but it comes from this integration. So Anahata, what are ways that you can start to, and maybe just even just describe what is it like so that they can have a vision and really see it so that they understand how they can start to become that version where they are balancing that yin and that yang in business and, and just in who they're being in their relationships going, you know, in their life now. This is essentially critical to be uh, an embodied conscious leader is that the journey of stepping into conscious leadership and living an impactful life is going to require the sacred union of the conscious feminine and the conscious masculine. There's no way we'll actually be to sust- sustainably able to lead without both getting along, respecting each other's skills and balanced, because it's kind of like an eagle trying to fly with one wing, like it's not going to happen. If we're just even doing the conscious masculine, how amazing he is without the intuition, the sensitivity, the patience of the feminine, she's going to be the GPS and he's going to get us there. So, you know, it's going to be required to have both of those. So, the let's let's lean into the gorgeous goddess that is the sacred feminine in men and women and her her superpowers 100% intuition and it's kind of like Gerard both of us and I know listeners as well have known you know what this relationship doesn't quite feel right or this person doesn't quite feel right or this choice doesn't quite feel right and we do it anyway right? That's where we just oppressed our feminine superpower. Like our intuition is here to guide us. Like something doesn't quite feel right. It's probably because it isn't right. Like an example of that, where we block our feminine wisdom, you know, one of my clients experiencing, you know, a 15 year relationship where infidelity has been from the very beginning and it's, and, and it's still working in the relationship. And I was like, Here's a question for you. And this is a question for all of us. Go back to those most challenging relationships, whether it's a career, you know, a career or a a substance dance that you're having a relationship with a substance or a family member and go back to the very beginning. And what was the first red flag? And we can say, you know what? I knew something didn't quite feel right with this person, or I knew that when he started hitting on my sister, uh, maybe (laughs) that's a red flag. When they had this past pattern, you know, of stealing or lying, I didn't pay attention to it. And guess what? In my relationship, they stole and they lied like surprise, or the boss was a bully, but I wanted to, I wanted a job so bad that I ignored that. And, and this is one of the things that our superpowers in that intuition, because the intuition is going to guide us. She is going to sense when something's coming to an end or something needs to change or something needs to be addressed, whether that's in your business with a, a staff member that is changing or in your relationship, something's getting stale or something's changed, if we ignore that, we're creating our own pain and suffering. So intuition, 
sensitivity because the feminine is going to be the healer. The truth is on our journey, Gerard, we get hurt. Like we trip, we fall, we get wounded by our own choices and by life and relationships. We get wounded. And so we're also going to need to have the patience and the sensitivity and the nurturing of the feminine to help us heal when we fall down, because we will, instead of just ignoring that and going right back out to the hunt, no animal ever hunts when they are wounded. They nurture. That's the intuition of the feminine that says, let me, let me retract and let me go heal. And so sometimes after a relationship breakup, instead of going to heal, we go right onto the next relationship and just numb and avoid. And that's what we're looking at changes in that feminine creativity, passion, and spiritual connection, faith, listening. Oh my God, she is an amazing listener. And because she's paying attention, she can avoid things. And this is where avoidance is a good thing is like, oh, I don't have to I don't have to say yes to something that doesn't feel aligned. I don't have to stay in a relationship that feels toxic. I don't have to say yes if I if I get a red flag. And I don't know anybody at justification either. And so there's self-trust, there is self-respect, and there is a sense of peace and grace. And so she is that. And she's going to be our GPS, Gerard. She's going to be the GPS to tell us when to go, when to stop, turn left, right, pause. She's going to be our GPS. And if we're great listeners, life gets really fun because then we're just avoiding the chaos. And with trust and internal grace, we can navigate challenges. It doesn't mean there aren't challenges, but we navigate it with a lot more grace because she's not, she hasn't ignored them to the point where now it, the chaos hurts. It's like, oh, I saw this. I knew this was coming. I didn't say yes to that. So I avoided that whole trap that used to cause me chaos before. And then, of course, our conscious masculine, he's just so dreamy. <laughs> he's so dreamy. Yep, yep. For all of us, you know, for men and women, we want to be around. We want to be friends with men like this or an embodied masculine who are ethical and trustworthy. Yeah. They lead with cooperation rather than I win, you lose. They're like, let's create a win, win, win. They oh, include yeah. us, right? They're inclusive. They're not like, I'm the dictator and you're the minion. They're like, hey, let's create a solution for all of us. There's humility in the conscious masculine. He doesn't know all the answers. He's a, he will admit if he is wrong and he's resilient. He'll get back up after he's fallen, after he's tried and failed. He's conscious enough to get back up and humble enough to learn from these mistakes, courageous enough to ask for help and guidance and go and try it again. He is going to be resilient. He's going to lead. He is courageous he always is an advocate for truth and ethics and integrity. There's loyalty. And this is the conscious masculine that we also crave to trust that we're safe in the hands of the conscious masculine. So if the conscious feminine gives us the GPS, the masculine is like, yes, my beloved, I will take action. 
I will be discerning. I will protect you. I'll put a boundary there. I will go into the unknown for you. I am so loyal. I am so dedicated. I will get back up and I will try it again. And conscious leaders need this ability because we're going to fail a lot. We're in new fucking territory. You know, (laughs) we're in the unknown. Of course, we're going to make a lot of mistakes. And that's why we're going to need cooperation and humility and devotion and loyalty to get back up and try it again. And like that team together, conscious feminine, conscious masculine working together. And what what the cool thing, if we think about it as wings, Hey, you know what? Unheard of. We're going to give everybody listening another gift. (laughs) Oh, let's go. Because generosity is part of that giving, right? Um, Balancing the feminine and masculine, a guided visualization so that you can work on your left wing, your feminine wing, and all of the feathers that create the feminine wing, and that you can work on those qualities of the masculine wing. And what's really cool, and I love, you know, your five H's, because the last one's the heart. And that's where the wings anchor into the back of is the heart. If we've done the inner child work, right, and we're in harmony then our heart is soft and open. It's not guarded. And so that the wings can actually root into the back of the heart. And then if we've got a strong left wing and a strong right wing that are synchronized, now we can levitate. Now we can soar. Now we've got the formula for conscious leadership. Now we can see the bigger picture and rise above the density. Even of our most chaotic past, we can see how it has served us. And we can see how the chaos of humanity gives us a critical focus point of where we can step in and make a difference. So we're going to give people that. Yeah, I love it. And thank you for just like a mini little mini masterclass on, on on both the masculine, the feminine, the healthy, the unhealthy, and just, and it's really just integrating it into that embodied conscious leader, which is what we need right now more than ever before. And those that step into this and master this, because it does take real mastery and it's every day, you know, it's just being aware and seeing where these qualities are showing up and being aware of them and, and learning how to really just shift, learn how to shift and to optimize and to, you know, transmute some of these unhealthy qualities and, and really turn them back into that compassion or into that quality of listening or into that integrity and just, just learning and being, paying attention. I invite you all to pay attention in how you are showing up in your business right now or in your love life and your relationships. And how are you showing up in some of the unhealthy qualities versus some of the, you know, uh, healthy qualities and, and, uh, and audit yourself, right. And just start leveling up because you're, if you're, you are playing a big game. And in this decade, it's been a research report came out with Broadridge saying there's a $30 trillion shift right now. And so the conscious leaders that are becoming integrated and embodying these qualities that are the, the healthy in the sacred union of this masculine and feminine are going to be on the right side of this shift. And you're going to become wealthier in all the ways and have it all. And you get to have that. And so I want to, you know, to t- tie it all together on a hot tub. One of the things I'm really excited about, and this is the first time I've announced it, um, is that I'm going to be coming out with a short film shortly. 
Um, the working title is called We Are the New Ancestors. I'm really excited about it. And I felt called to really just talking a little bit with you around just ancestry. And you mentioned it, the seven generations. And we talk about it in this film, the seventh generation principle, and really how we're paying attention to the choices we make and the legacy that we're living right now for these next seven generations. And so I wanted to talk about it in both the way of who we're being now and understanding our responsibility and the responsibility we have for these future generations. But also it's been so interesting. It's been unbelievable. Like on my journey, especially working with plant medicine, how much has come up that was so shit. I picked up that I didn't even know where it was from, from like great grandparents and grandparents who I had never even met. I wish I knew their stories, but like I picked up a lot of that scarcity and lack and anger and rage and some gruesome shit that I was like, where is this coming from? And, and I've had to heal and I'm still healing. And there's a lot there. And so I wanted to just kind of talk to you about you know, ancestry and really just, if you can teach a little bit about the importance of both of those sides. Yes, I love this because um, if we are intending to do better for the next seven generations, even just the next generation, then we pause, just like you said earlier, pause and that self-inquiry where we get to look at where we may have adapted a pattern that is unconscious, judgment, greed, insecurity, bullying from our bloodline. And that's where we get to do the inner work. If there's chaos, if there's addiction, if there's health issues, if there's a lot of drama and trauma, and we look at, you know, maybe in our bloodline, there's mental issues or addiction issues or infidelity or greed, whatever, that we get to look at that and begin to recognize, okay, before we start dreaming into what we're doing for the next set of generations, let's clean what we've got. This is where the inner child work is so powerful because we can acknowledge we wouldn't be here if in our ancestral bloodline, there wasn't some conscious feminine for nurturing and the passion and sensitivity. We wouldn't, we wouldn't have survived if we didn't have some, even if it was minimal, we would have, we had to have some nurturing in our bloodline for us to survive and some femininity for us to survive and also some resilience and courage. Our ancestors might've, you know, left their home country or started businesses or had to rebuild after the depression and, you know, navigate through tough times. And so recognizing if we pause here, we can recognize in my bloodline somewhere there is conscious feminine and conscious masculine that is in my bloodline or I wouldn't have survived. Let's just start with that. And so this is where we get to thank wow. our ancestors yeah. for their hard work, their commitment, you know, for uh, vision, the vision, uh, persistent resilience going without a lot of our, you know, ancestors might have gone without, there might've been hungry nights. There might've been a lot of battle uh, in whatever it is, you know, there's, there's, there's been trauma. And so we get to acknowledge that there has been some positivity in our bloodline. And we get to thank our ancestors for that. Thank you, grandmother. Thank you. Great, great grandfather. And you don't have had to know even your parents, you know, even if you have, were adopted, you don't have to know your bloodline because it's in your body. It's in your bones. It's in your DNA. Okay. So we get to say, hey, thank you for getting me this far. 
Let me draw upon those positive qualities. And what residue was also passed that I don't want to carry on to the next generation. And this was one of those where I was like, hey, I've got some cleansing to do before I became a mother. And even oh, yeah. while I was a mother, I was like, oh, here's some patterns being passed on. Like, I don't want to pass on physical aggression. I don't want to pass, pass on, you know, hiding and, and being like not speaking up uh, or tolerating bullying. I, I don't want to pass on addiction or disease or heart disease, diabetes, like, uh, like uh, alcoholism. These are some of the things that were passed yeah. in my bloodline. And scarcity is a big one. Yes. The, the finance that you have to hustle, you know, three jobs and, you know, like that you have to pay the price with your physical body. And, you know, all of those stories, our money stories, our stories about other, eth- you know, ethnicities. And this is also, if we look back at our blood bloodline, we're going to find some prejudice for sure, whether it's towards women, whether it's towards this culture, whether it's that religion, we're going to find prejudice as well as well as scarcity. So we also get to say pause and say, you know what? I am not choosing to perpetuate this financial belief, or I'm not choosing to perpetuate that alcohol will fix it or that I'm not responsible for my rage. Like, no, I'm not going to pass that on to the next. These are not qualities that I respect in my bloodline. And just because they're your ancestors doesn't mean they're smarter than you. Only if we are participating in evolution, Gerard, totally optional because we don't have to, we have will, we can say, no, I'm not participating in evolution. Then we won't improve upon what was given to us by our ancestors. If totally optional, we're participating in evolution, then it is our ethical responsibility to improve upon what was given to us, right? And so if there was scarcity, improve it. If there was, you know, addiction, like drop the alcohol. Yeah, like we're the torchbearers now. Exactly. Choose otherwise. And so this is where the unhealthy feminine in the victim mentality can choose not to evolve. No, it wasn't fair. My, this shouldn't have happened and they shouldn't have hurt me. I'm like, look, I had lots of trauma passed on to me. And it's like, I did play that little bratty bitch that complained about it and was angry. I closed my heart. I drank a lot. I bitched a lot and had a lot of resentment towards certain family members. And all it did was delay my own happiness. All it did was take away from my health. And all it did was create vibrations of low vibrations of literal hate towards my own family and my own blood. And I just, at some point later in life, it was not until my thirties, honestly, where I was like, is this serving me to hold this story? I had to look at my unhealthy feminine. That was just a little brat. Like, "Eh, yes, it fucking hurt. It sucked. Yes. All right. Let me go into my conscious feminine and go heal the wounds of that inner child. Because I had been putting my healing on hold by staying in the unconscious feminine. And I was also putting like my leadership and integrity on hold by staying in that toxic masculine of bullying and anger and resentment 
which created my own addictions. And it was like, all right, let me go take accountable. Let me have the radical courage to do my inner child healing. And let me also look at where I caused harm because of my woundedness. And that was the evolution, Gerard, where it was like, I'm stopping this pattern by healing and taking accountability and courageously learning new things because I didn't, wasn't modeled those things. So I also, it, 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 I dove into personal development, which is what your tribe and my tribe is doing. All right. If I don't have the tool for conscious communication or healing the inner child or doing the shadow work, I better get it. I better go get it. Yeah. I better read that book. I better go to that workshop. Yeah, get that free gift. Those free gifts in this podcast. (laughs) I better do that breath work. Like I did breath work, bro. Like the very beginning, I had a lot of rage that I had to get out and a lot of tears. And that was a game changer and an accelerator to move out of the toxic, you know, patterns and the toxic beliefs and the toxic vibrations to be like, I can, you can, everybody listening can rise above no matter what was dealt to you by your ancestors. You have the power to evolve beyond it. And I don't just mean bypass, but I mean, heal the core wounds, learn the skills, you know, bridge that gap between what you were taught and what you want to embody so that you can then be that embodiment of what you don't want, what your parents or ancestors showed you don't want, will then rewrite the story and level up and do better. And it's all within us. And the cool thing is compared to our ancestors, they didn't have YouTube with personal development, you know, like at their fingertip all day long. They didn't have pod free podcasts like this to help them rise above. So the great news is we have the resources uh, available to us to make this evolution for sure. I love it. And I love how you started with honoring that, right? And just because I think that's just so important. It's like, yes, we get to, you know, we, we get to look at all of those wounds and all of those things that have been passed down to us, all the, the, the things, the shit that we took on that, you know, now we get to heal and move forward and be the torchbearers of what we get to create going forward. But yeah, honoring them, the shit. I mean, look at the opportunity we have to, to now create such a beautiful legacy for our families and for the world. And this, this generation, like, I mean, how much opportunity there is. There's just like, it's endless and it's infinite. And, and we had answers to that you may know or, or not that went through wars, that went through so much and had to sacrifice so much for you to be where you are. And I like how you even said, we may not even know them. We may not ever have, have had that. You don't have to, but we can honor that in our bones, right? That that, that, that is true. And there, there's been a ton of suffering and we get to honor that suffering by doing the, going through this healing, realizing that it was all a blessing. And now be the torchbearers going forward. Who are you going to be? How are you going to be remembered? And, you know, now going forward on a hot right? As this is where the next step is, okay, when I go to heal that inner child, what if this was my great, great offspring, my great, great granddaughter, my great, great grandson, how would I want them to be treated? What environment would I want them to 
be able to see their power, their value, their worth, what words, what values would be in the home, what, what qualities would be rewarded, their creativity, their individuality, and honor their emotions. And this way they don't forget who they are, that they stay remembering that. And their emotions and their truth is never oppressed. And so how when we go back to do our inner child work, that's who we get to envision two, three, four, seven generations down the line. I'm creating a legacy of how to treat people, how to raise people in conscious environments so that their soul is connected to their body and their purpose and they never lose it. It's an environment that supports their awakening and their soul service from the very beginning and never gets gets disconnected. And so that does raise the bar for us to be able to shift into a whole nother way of conscious leadership in our family and our bloodline. And whether you choose to be a parent or not, it's what we're passing on to the next generations. Not of us, all of us are called to be a parent. That doesn't mean we don't have the responsibility to raise the next generation and generations of leaders. Yes, let's go. Yes, I love it, I love it. I'm so excited about we get to co-create. You all, this has been such a potent, powerful podcast. And so if you're still listening to this, you are our tribe. We love you. We appreciate you. You are on the path. We honor you. And so because you are that, Anahata, where can they get these gifts? Where can they find you? And uh, and where and then yeah, and then where can they find our other episode where you interviewed me, one of the most powerful interviews I've ever done? So tell us all where can we go? So good. So yes, the Shamangelic Healing Podcast. So go listen to that on all the platforms. And so yes, you are on there. So the Shamangelic Healing Podcast, great, amazing. Shamangelichealing.com is where you're going to find me and all the things about me. If you are coming to Sedona, if you're going through an awakening, if you need support, online, virtual breath work, in-person experiences, upcoming retreats, um, all things shamangelichealing.com. And for the free gift, it will be in the show notes. There will be a link there that says, Anahata's free gifts with an S because I've never done that before where, you know, sometimes it's just like, oh, you know what? I'll give a free gift. And today you get the guided visualization to balance the feminine and masculine, the left and right wings, and also a guided visualization to go in and do that core inner child work. And if something is rising in there that is a little sticky and you need support, reach out. I got you. Like that's my jam is to help you through your shadow work and help you rise and lead and serve. So uh, you can find me on Instagram at Anahata Ananda. So that'll be in the show notes as well. And of course, we're going to collab, be collaborating. Yes, yes. Anahata was a facilitator, also in the Conscious Leaders Mastermind. So we're really excited. We're talking about going to Sedona. We're talking about all types of co-creation. And, uh, and so make sure to go follow her, go listen to her podcast and share, share this episode with your audience. Let us know in the notes what you thought. Also tag us, tag Anahata in your Insta story so she can meet you, so she can see you, she can repost you. And again, thank you so much Anahata for who you be, who you are, the conscious leader you are, and for being a pillar for us for so many all over the world. 
and it's and, and really exciting. I can't wait to see you in Sedona and have you, you know, have more collaboration with you. And so all of you, thank you for listening. If you're thank interested, you. we're opening up the wait list for our Conscious Leaders Mastermind. And so if you're interested in learning more, if you want to learn more about this upcoming retreat we're having in the fall, all you got to do is go to my Instagram at Gerard Adams and send me a DM CLM for Conscious Leaders Mastermind. And we'll go through the process to see if there's alignment. Follow Anahata and have an amazing yes. day, and y'all. Thank you, Enjoy Gerard. The day. Thank you yes. Gerard, for being an amazing pillar of light and being a beacon that, that are embodying and modeling things, these things. And brother, I love you. I, I love appreciate you too. You. Yes. Thanks for having me. Yes. Everyone, be the leader. Love you. We out. Peace. Yo, tribe, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to untangle more wisdom and gain clarity so that you can focus in on leading your movement. If you feel a connection to this audio experience, share it with your friends and please leave us a review. If you share your review and tag Leaders Create Leaders on IG, you'll enter into our weekly giveaway. Always remember, leaders create leaders.